Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my lit yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns. So together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today's podcast is almost Halloween. Happy Halloween early. Spooky, spooky. So this is about spooky, not spooky, but scariest poses that I still see being taught. This is kind of like one of those National Enquirer headlines, the scariest yoga poses. Do I really think they're scary yoga poses? Well, yes, I have to say I'm thinking about scary because I'm asked this all the time. What are the poses you don't like? What are the worst poses, Laura? What do you think of this pose? Any scary poses? Yes. So scary poses to me are ones that make me kind of catch my breath because ultimately I look at them and I think, oh goodness, I really don't understand why somebody would be doing that. And I'm looking at all the potential risk involved. Now, I don't like to teach from a perspective of fear, but I am a physical therapist. I am an educator and I, I, and I am a critical thinker. So these are poses that, in fact, I probably 20-some years ago would have tried myself and did try myself. But even then, I had an inkling of like, what in the world is going on here? Like, why is this a, a yoga pose that people are endeavoring to do? And then I see people teaching it. And the biggest issue, I would say, is that people are teaching it in a, a group class where there is a there are a variety of different People, of course, because people are different, but with that, different experiences, different histories, different body shapes, sizes, you know, conditions, histories. Someone I could I could teach somebody a pose, and I and I try and not think of 
poses as much as positions because I want, for me, what I the more I teach yoga, the more I think we are in a pose and it is, I'm as, I'm as interested as the getting in a pose and getting out of a pose, like what's coming after that, than I am to just hold the pose and try and get the pose, if that makes sense. So in other words, I'm really interested in movement. And so movement, we have to define movement is like going from one thing to another. And then there's movement kind of within just like if I'm standing, I don't stand rigid still. There's slight oscillation. So to say, so balance in itself is a neutral experience, meaning we're, we're, this is not like dot. We're just like in a, you know, we've gotten a balance and it's rigid. There's slight variability. Even if I was standing on one leg and had another leg up, there's a lot of movement that's happening to hold me in that, what seems to be a static position. So when I say something is scary, I think more about like what are what is the load or the stress that's being put on joints that could make that could make these joints feel vulnerable and they're going to feel vulnerable on the getting into it and getting out of it the most. That's that's my big definition of scary. Now I'm going to start with one that doesn't really seem scary and I don't want to say it's the scariest, but I don't like it. And when I see it, it still makes me, so that's the, it still makes me have that little like, when I see it, you're not going to believe this, but it's bridge pose with clasp hands underneath. So the reason I'm not a big fan of this, and it makes me hold my breath. So it's, this is on the scale from zero to 10 scary. This is like one, two, maybe it's not scary as much as I'm just like, why, why are we doing that? So bridge pose, imagine this. If you're not a yogi, imagine this. Your, your feet are on the floor. You're lifting your hips up. You're, ly- you're lying on your back, right? Your, your belly's facing the ceiling. You lift your hips up and then you walk your shoulders in underneath you and clasp your hands. And then a lot of instructors will tell you to really press the elbows straight. So the reason I'm not a huge fan of this is I for very few people can do this in a balanced way. and um, I know that people are like, oh, I like to open up my chest wall the way. And I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just that there's so many ways of doing this and getting the effects of it that won't involve like pushing your chest up in that way. Because what happens is most people overextend their shoulders because they just don't have the thoracic extension. So it goes into the shoulders, that goes into the neck. So it puts more strain on the neck. And then because you're not getting the, the same, like you're not getting enough thoracic extension, the low back tries to, you know, up the game. So a lot of the tension can go in the low back and the shoulders. And I just prefer bridge with the hands by the sides or somewhere else, but that kind of walk in the shoulders and really you're you're externally rotating and then extending the shoulders. And of course you're doing that while you're putting load on them. I'm just not a big fan of that. And I've, I've coming out of it as well as where I see people kind of like, they have this grimace on the face. So I just think there's other ways of doing it. But again, it's not the scariest. We're going to go in some particular order. Second scariest that I don't like seeing being taught is when people do, and I know this has, I didn't even look up the Sanskrit name because I used to teach in Sanskrit and I don't now, or like not much. I'll say some Sanskrit terms. 
Uh, because um, there's not a real reason for that. I, I appreciate the Sanskrit terms. There's I do so many things that are not traditional yoga. So that's kind of the biggest reason is if you looked at one of my yoga classes, 50% of it at least is are poses that are not in any text that I know, just because they're I've just added them on from my background in physical therapy. So reverse plank with the knees straight. Um, so this is where people are, it's kind of like a reverse table, I guess it is. You both feet are on the floor, knees are bent, hands are facing the same direction as your feet. And then you lift your hips up and you can either walk your feet out so they're straight or you start with the legs straight and you lift the whole thing up. Your butt is up, the arms are straight, the knees are supposed to be straight, and then you drop the head back. So I think the goal again here is to get a lot of this extension, but in that process, the shoulders again are are put in a kind of wonky position and the knees are put in a wonky position. So I'm not a big fan of this reverse table with the knees straight version and throwing the head back. So it makes me a little bit like, again, it's not super scary on the scale from zero to 10, maybe one or two, but so few people do that well. And there's just so many other ways of accomplishing more extension in the spine and in the hips and the knees where your feet are not in this weird kind of plantar flex position. Anyway. Okay. We're getting scarier though. Fish pose. So fish pose, imagine lying down on your back and then propping yourself up on your elbows Jutting your chest up. So again, trying to get in thoracic extension. These are all good things. We do need more thoracic extension. These are all, these are those three poses that I've named so far are trying to get into more thoracic extension. However, people will put the top, the fish pose that I don't like. If you kind of just have your head dangling, uh, that's not actually too bad. But when you put the top of your skull on the floor and then lift the legs straight up, I just don't, I, I don't like that at all. So you imagine this again. So you've like from that reverse plank, it's kind of similar. You bend the knees and you prop your elbows up. So you're like sitting at the beach, propped up on the elbows, and then you thrust your chest up, drop the top of the skull onto the floor, weight that enough in this hyperextended position. So your cervical spine is in hyperextension. Not a big fan of that. And it's weighted. Super not a big fan of that. And then you load by lifting the legs straight. So that version of fish, and then, you know, some people then put their hands together, palms together. It's like the advanced version of fish. Yeah, that makes me like really hold my breath. I just don't like it. I don't like, and again, it's the getting in and getting out of because you've got your neck in hyperextension and you put weight through the skull. You've arched into thoracic extension with some, and most likely some hyperextension there or through the low back, lumbar spine, not controlled. And then you're adding hip flexion with the legs straight. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's a wild one. I'm not sure why. And you can tell me all the, you know, crown chakra reasons, but yeah, I'm not going to buy it. It's not, it's not a healthy position to um, be in in my opinion. Okay. These are my opinions. Okay. So now we're getting, so that was getting, that's like on a four or five fish pose. I never, ever teach. So if you want to know poses, I don't teach, I don't teach that one. Anything on the head to me, crown chakra, I'm not going to load it. I might rub around on it. I'm going to do all kinds of things to honor it. Kermasana. Kermasana is 
where you are um, sitting down on your butt with your legs wide like a straddle and then you slide your arms under your upper thighs and then try and lower your chest to the ground. So it's a huge, huge hamstring stretch. It's a huge adductor stretch. And then what are you doing with the shoulders? Holy moly, you're loading the shoulders with your legs. And and can anybody get out of that well? The main main way they get out of it is is through an arm balance well, is, is probably, but just getting out of it. For bendy people, this is, I've just seen a lot. Honestly, I've seen it and I've heard it, like literally heard somebody's hamstring popping. It's not a good position for almost anyone. And it, and like, why? What's the purpose of getting your shoulders under your thighs like that? I don't know. So that makes me always spooky. And I have been in a master class. I kid you not. Somebody, okay, somebody's doing this. They're advanced, advanced, whatever that means. They think they're advanced. <laughs> they're in a straddle on the floor. So it's a forward fold. They've got their legs out. They, they, they get their arms underneath their upper thighs. So their chest comes down to the ground. The chin is, oh, that's the other thing. The chin is on the ground. So you've kind of hyperextended the uh, upper C1, C2 area. And then you're loading it through your chin. And then the teacher came and stood on the person's low back to get them lower. And I, I, I literally, I was like, I, I, I feel like I need to be a police here. Like here I am as a PT and I'm like, please, please don't do that. And I just, yeah, I, that's, that was, that was spooky to me. That was super scary. Okay. Finally, people should know by now, if they've heard, heard me talk, I, I don't do headstands. So at all, I don't teach them. I don't like them. People can tell me, yeah, oh, it benefits you to load your head. No, I I'm just, um, if you've been in the neurological world, as long as I have and and seen um, neurologically impaired people, I want to keep my vertical, my cervical vertebra in alignment as much as possible. I do not want to load my head. If you look at it, I was showing somebody the other day, I was doing a private and she has, she has herniation in her cervical spine and she also has dizziness and, and all this stuff. And I was showing her because I have two skeletons at my yoga studio. And I said, look at this, look at where this massive, huge blood supply to the to the brain comes in. And it comes in right underneath the skull. And I, I just don't want to put, be putting weight anywhere near there that would do anything that would, that would just injure that artery. So no headstands. They really make me scared. The final scary pose is um, Kapatasana, which is where you're in like a camel pose. So imagine this, you're on your knees, leaning back for camel, which I'm not against camel, by the way. I like to get into it very carefully and that the curves of the spine are balanced. Back bends, bigger back bends need a lot of prep work. So this um, kapatasana is much bigger because you continue to bring your head down between your feet and then your hands to your feet. So you're in this massive, massive back bend. There are some people who can get there and those are the people who shouldn't be getting there because most likely they're getting there from their hyper flexibility. And getting out of that is really challenging. It's almost like you've kind of like, um, it's like a rubber band that's been popped. This makes me, I get just scared anytime I see somebody working on this because um, there is the the chant there's more increase of a, of of things not going mechanically well and 
for all of these poses, for all the poses that I talk about being scary, what even if you can get there, this is what I'm going to say. You might have immediate ability to get into the pose, but long-term, so short-term ability to get into the pose, long-term, you're having biomechanical stress in that pose. And because most likely you're not just trying it out one time. These are things that people work on over and over again. And if you have something like Ashtanga where you're doing it, it's part of the series, you are doing it, you know, every practice. So the things that really make me scared that I see being taught are people are teaching poses that are, that are complex enough and they're teaching it to a variety of people. And if you're teaching this in a public setting, you cannot account for all the different body shapes there. You cannot account for all the different histories there. You can't account for this person's femur coming out of the pelvis is, you know, slightly rolling in. And this person's femoral neck is much longer. And this person had a rotator cuff injury from lacrosse as a high school player. So you're going to take people into extreme positions and not being able to account for that. You know, if you wanted to work on any of these individually, one-on-one, okay, I wouldn't be so scared. Besides headstand, I still would never recommend that. They're not, and fish pose with the weight bearing, anything on your head, I would never recommend. But it's not that the poses are inherently awful. No, but you're teaching this to a class. I just wouldn't, I just, I, I would never recommend that because there's there's too much to account for and there's too many things. There's there, there's too much variability in human in the human bodies that are coming into your class. And so these postures have more risk involved in them when you talk about a group class. And that's what makes me scared. And I, I just say that, I say scary because it's almost Halloween. It's not like I get scared. It, it actually fundamentally bothers me because I'm, wor- I'm worried because I think I just want to preserve my body to be able to practice for as many decades as I can. And I'm not, a lot of these poses to me feel kind of like a medal. You know what I mean? Like, let's do this so that I can get the medal and not have any sense of, what is this going to provide me um, in, you know, in my body, from my fascia, from my muscles, from my connective tissues, and then in, in my physiological sense, as well as my psychological sense, what is this going to provide me that's going to help me long-term? And the answer for all of these is nothing, in my opinion, nothing. This, these seem like things to kind of get an award for. So yeah, that's not all, you know, bridge, bridge with class pans. No, you're not trying to get a word for there. I think that's because so many people can get it, but, and, but they usually get it through the struggle of getting their hands underneath and their shoulders back. So with that, that's less about getting it and more about just, that's just not, there's so many people that are going to be restricted in their shoulders in some way and, but can do it by forcing it. And so in a group class, again, that's just, that would make me pause. Let me know what your scariest pose is. I'd be really curious. I've asked um, people on the side, just, you know, other yoga teachers who, who don't teach my style, like, and often they, they say the same things. They say the same poses that I'm not, I don't teach publicly. You know, I just don't teach them and, and they say those poses, but then they still teach them. So, okay. We got to like 
think about this. Why would we not particularly like a pose, but then continue to teach it? Be a critical thinker and think about long-term. Think about long-term. I'm pulling for you. Happy Halloween. It's a really special day for me. Check in with me tomorrow and you'll see why. All right, hugs to you. 